Well, good morning, 1030. How are you doing this morning? Solid, solid. Good to see you. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. It is so good to see you. It was kind of gray and gross earlier this morning, but it is bright and beautiful in here because of all of you being here. And I also want to say, as we've already said, happy Mother's Day. What a day uh, to celebrate. You know, I just want to take a second because they gave me the microphone uh, to honor my wife, uh, the mother of our children, your lead pastor, because she doesn't get to hear this enough. I want to honor uh, Jeannie. She was a mother before she was ever the pastor of this church. She's an incredible mother. You're an exquisite mother, and our kids are privileged to have you, and I learned a ton from you, and thank you uh, for doing that. That just uh, helped me out a ton, so thank you very much. <laughs> no, really, we're all in this together, so thank you uh, for that. Uh, we are continuing in a teaching series called Forgotten God. We kicked it off last week. We're looking at the third member of the Trinity, which we don't talk about enough, the Holy Spirit. And for lots of folks, they have a pretty you know, good idea about God and a little bit you know, about Jesus, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit... Lots of folks, lots of Christians have no idea about the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our life, how we can actually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to continue in that today, specifically looking about uh, how prayer is such a powerful place for you to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. But before we get into the message, we're going to do something that we regularly do here, part of our worship. We're going to give to God, give back to God. Uh, this, for us, is a way of reorienting our sight, how we look at our stuff. We look at it as a gift from God, and so we give back to God to thank Him first and foremost, and then to extend the work of this local church here in this neighborhood, in this city, and literally around the world. And as I was thinking about us today and this opportunity that we have to give back to God, I couldn't help but think of Mother's Day. And I couldn't help but think of the gifts that you probably gave your mom or that little kids give their Moms on Mother's Day, they're about the cutest thing in the world. Oftentimes they are handwritten or hand-drawn little cards or notes filled with typos, but full of love. And no mom on earth is going to get a little handcrafted card from their kid and open it up and go, that's it? Like, no, like that's not a great mom move to do. You're not going to be like, I thought there'd be a gift card. That's not what you do because you realize that that came from their heart. What they gave you is perfect because it came from their heart. That's what this is. That's what we're about to do. We're about to give from our hearts to God. What he's already given to us and entrusted to us, we as his children give back to him joyfully and generously. And God delights when we trust him like that. He delights in you when you do that. So there's three ways that you can give. You can give in the buckets, old school, which we're about to do in a moment. You can text to give. The number should be behind me on the screen. That's pretty cool. You can actually do that right now. You can get out your phone and text in if you want to give back to God through this local church. You can do that. Or you can give online, which is how Gene and I do it. We've been doing it that way since before we started this church. It's one of the best ways for you to give. It helps you stay on track and be faithful in your response to God. And it helps our church really plan as God is leading us into our future. That's the best way around here for you to give. So three ways for you to give. Don't miss this opportunity to give back to God. I'm going to ask our amazing volunteers to come forward and receive this week's offering. And I want to let you know about this last week. Gene uh, and I had the privilege of heading uh, out of town out of country, really. We were in London this last week uh, attending a conference with a, a bunch of folks that we love and respect. In fact, there was a handful of folks from Soul City that went 
with us, and it was such an incredible week. Jeannie had the opportunity to teach at this conference, about four or 5,000 people in the main sessions, amazing at Royal Albert Hall. It was absolutely stunning and a powerful time to connect with God. But what was fun is at the end of the week, Jeannie and I had a day to ourselves to explore London. Just, has anyone here ever been to London? Raise your hand if you've ever been to London or lived in London. Okay, so you know, what a great, it's a jolly good city. It's an amazing cool city. And so we were so excited to explore, but also it was, it's new to us. We, we'd never been there together before. We had a layover there once, but that doesn't really count. And so we were going to explore London. We had all of our lists of all of our things to do, but we didn't know what to expect. We weren't super familiar with the tube and how all of that works. We weren't super familiar when we'd go to restaurants, exactly what we would get, you know, like what is bangers and mash and why can I not stop eating it? Why is it so good? Like it's new foods, new streets, new sides of the street that you have to walk. You really have to look both ways uh, when you're in London. And so we were a little, I, I, I became uh, grateful for new experiences, but also grateful for familiar things. Because there's things in our everyday life that you and I uh, experience you don't even have to think twice about, right? Like, think about it. When you go to a Starbucks, you know what to expect, don't you? Like, when you walk into a Starbucks, and we went to a Starbucks in London, we knew exactly what to expect. You're going to get a good cup of coffee. Uh, you're going to pay a- a- above uh, average prices for that coffee, and they're probably going to spell your name wrong on the cup. You know what to expect when you go to a Starbucks, right? You don't even have to think about it. You go to get your oil changed, you know what to expect, right? You pull up to the oil change place, you know exactly how it works. It's going to take about 20 minutes, and at the end of it, they're going to try and upsell you on some new filters or some new wipers, but you know what to expect. You don't pull up to an oil change place going, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know exactly what's going to happen next. Uh, if you, anytime when you go to a Taco Bell, you know exactly <laughs> what to expect. You are not uh, eating food, you're borrowing food. You are going to be <laughs> giving that food back very quickly. You know that. You know that. I know that. And yet we still go. We know what to expect. And so as we're talking about this forgotten member of the Trinity, and specifically as we're talking about prayer today, my question for you is, what do you expect when you pray? What do you expect? When you go to pray, what is it that you actually expect? What do you expect when you pray? What do you expect God to do? when you pray? What do you expect God to do in you when you pray? What do you expect God to do through you when you pray? And what does the Holy Spirit have to do with all of that? Well, if you were here last week or you watched online or listened to the podcast, uh, you heard us talk about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit all throughout the Bible and actually all throughout your life, whether you realized it or not. And what we looked at last week is that the Holy Spirit is actually already always present. It's always present. Holy Spirit is always present with you, including and especially when we pray. As we saw last week, the Holy Spirit is present when we pray, but what is often absent is our awareness. And I would say, for the sake of our conversation here today, that the Holy Spirit is always present, but what is often absent for us is expectation, is that we actually expect the Holy Spirit to move in our everyday lives. Maybe you hope God will hear you when you pray. You hope God will answer you when you pray. You hope God will give you direction in your life. But what do you expect God to do? What do you expect the Holy Spirit to do when you pray? Because as we're going to see over the course of our time together here today, your expectancy in prayer determines your experience in prayer. 
the level of expectancy that you have for God to be present through the Holy Spirit, meeting with you, guiding you in prayer, that determines, it sets the type of experience that you have in prayer. Low expectations usually equal small prayers. And we want to be the kind of church and the kind of people that pray big prayers because we expect big things of our great God. Your expectancy in prayer determines your experience in prayer. And what I want to share with you today is what I believe to be a prayer paradigm shift. It's a prayer paradigm shift. It's not something that I came up with on my own. I didn't invent it. It's actually already always been there. But it's so often and so easily missed. And my hope is if we, if you listen to what God has for you today and you begin to apply it into your life, you will see radical change in the way that you pray, in the reason in which you pray, that you can actually approach prayer with greater expectancy and dependency on God. I believe this is big, big stuff. So grab a Bible if you would and open to Romans chapter Eight. If you have a Bible with you or you got it on your phone, that's awesome. Uh, but if not, there should be a Soul City Bible right under your seat or in the seat in front of you. Go ahead and grab that. And you can actually turn to page 917 in the Soul City Bible. So everyone grab a Bible, grab a pen. We're going to jot a few things down. Open up to page 917 in the Soul City Bible. That'll get you to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at how we can have a greater expectancy for the Holy Spirit to move in power when we pray. Now, Romans 8, let me give you some quick context into this uh, chapter of the Bible. Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. I don't know if you're supposed to play favorites with the Bible, but this is one of my favorite chapters, and it's an incredibly important chapter in the Bible. In this one chapter in the Bible, there is so much core theology about our life and relationship with God. It is chock full. In fact, a year ago, we took three weeks during midweek just to teach on this one chapter of the Bible. Spent three weeks teaching one chapter at midweek, and it was a powerful experience. And if that feels a little bit like an ad for midweek, uh, that's because it is. It's an ad for midweek. Midweek starts this Tuesday. You don't want to miss it. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul is painting a picture for us of what life with God through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit really looks like, what it really means. And then right kind of a little after the middle of Romans 8, he paints this beautiful picture of what happens when we pray, especially when we don't know what to say when we pray. Romans 8 verse 26 says this. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our what? In our weakness. Anyone here ever felt kind of weak in life, wobbly, uncertain, unsure? Anyone here ever have like that feeling like I do not know what to do next? You feel a little overwhelmed, a little anxiety ridden. That's what he's talking about here. When you don't have it all figured out, which is most of us most of the time. In our weakness, the Holy Spirit does what? The Holy Spirit helps us, works with us, in fact, even works for us. In fact, look what Paul says. When we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That even when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is already working and taking your heart to God through wordless groans. Now that word groan appears several times throughout Romans 8. Paul talks about how all of creation is groaning, waiting for Jesus to return and to redeem all things and make all things new. And in the same way, the Spirit actually takes our hearts when we don't even know what to say in our weakness. We don't even know how to pray. And the Spirit actually takes that to the Father without even using 
words. Such a beautiful, beautiful picture. It is a prayer paradigm shift. And here's what it is. Here's why. Because you never pray alone. That's incredibly encouraging. That anytime you come to pray, you're not praying alone. And obviously, you know, if you're in a room like this, you're in a small group and you pray, it's like, yeah, obviously there's people around me. I'm talking about when you're in your car by yourself and you're crying out to God or you're begging him to give you a parking spot or whatever it may be. You're not praying alone. When you're laying in the dark in bed and your pillow is soaked and stained with tears and you're crying out to God and you don't even know what to say. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and even praying for you. Your prayers aren't just sort of going up to God, hopefully reaching him. Your prayers are actually coming from God and going through you as the Holy Spirit works on your behalf, intercedes for you, goes before you like an ambassador for you to take your heart to the Father even when you don't know what to say. I remember uh, years ago when I was in elementary school, we did this little, I just remember this one afternoon, our teacher had a bunch of us from a bunch of different grades uh, write letters to potential pen pals. Now, uh, millennials, you don't know what a pen pal is. (laughs) A pen pal was the original friend request. This was sort of like, you would write a letter to someone and just say, please write me back. Please be a friend to me, even though we may never see each other, never meet. And so you could have pen pals around the world and you'd write each other letters, handwritten letters that you'd write and send back and forth to each other. So we wrote pen pal request letters, you know, told a little bit about ourselves and said, hey, if you want to be my pen pal, write me back. But what our teacher had us do is tie them to helium balloons. And then we went out into this field at our school. It was surrounded by all these trees, a beautiful Northern California day. It's beautiful out, and we all have our little balloons, and we all have our little pen pal requests. And our teacher says, isn't it going to be so cool? You're going to let these balloons go, and, and they're gonna, who knows where they're going to go, and who knows who's going to get them, but you may have a friend at the end of this. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I hope they're cool. I hope maybe it's like a cute girl or something. I don't know how all this works, but God be with this balloon. And so... And so we released our balloons, which you can't really even do anymore because it destroys the earth, but it was the 80s. We didn't know better. And so we released (laughs) our balloons. And I just was, you know, kind of full of like this expectancy of like, oh, okay, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? And it was an exciting thing. We went back to our classes and back throughout the day. And as I was walking home uh, that afternoon after school, walking by our field and then down and around the corner to our neighborhood, I noticed uh, tree after tree had balloon after balloon just sitting in the branches, just hanging there. At least half the balloons never even made it past our property. And they were just hanging there. And I don't know, maybe a squirrel would come along and could read and would begin a relationship with one of us, but odds were pretty low that that was going to happen. And as my little spirit got kind of crushed, like, I don't know if anyone even got my letter. And I think lots of times that's how we view prayer is that we write a little prayer to God and we put it to a little balloon and we send it off to heaven and we hope that he hears We hope that he gets it. We hope that he writes back. We hope that he responds. But that's not what we see in Romans chapter 8, is it? That's not what Paul is describing for us here. 
What is actually happening when you pray is that the Holy Spirit is giving you the words to say when you pray. Even when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit says it for you, that God is actually already helping you pray. In other words, get this, don't miss this, the Spirit knows what to say when you don't know what to pray. Now, this is incredibly good news, and for those of you who don't say amen often because you are anxious or nervous, you don't know if it's okay to say that in church, or maybe you feel like, I'm not that good at prayer, I don't know how to pray, this deserves an amen from you, because the Holy Spirit knows how to say and what to say when you don't know how or what to pray. That's incredibly comforting and encouraging, that you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have a PhD in prayer. You don't have to have pretty and polished words because the Holy Spirit will give you the words and the words that you can't seem to find the Holy Spirit will take to the Father on your behalf. The Spirit turns your groans into glory, takes your struggle and makes it something spiritual. But it's important to notice what Paul told us in Romans 8, 26, that while it is true, it is true that the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weakness, the truth is he's there to help us in our weakness, but not our absence. You still have to show up. You still have to show up to pray. And the Holy Spirit, promised, will help you in your weakness, but not in your absence. You gotta show up and say, God, I'm here. Holy Spirit, I'm here. Will you help me bring to the Father all that's within my heart? Paul goes on to say this in Romans 8, verse 27. He says this, And he who searches our hearts, he there being actually God in this case, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. There's a lot of words in that verse, but what are we saying here? Because of the unity of the Trinity, the relationship, the perfect community and unity of the Trinity between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, because of their relationship, there is a oneness that is happening when you pray. And the Spirit within you actually speaks for you and brings your heart to God. But God already knows what's in your heart. And so because God knows what's in your heart and God knows what's in the Spirit's mind and what the Spirit is leading and stirring and nudging you towards, you are actually engaging with God in real time. There is zero latency, no lag because of that relationship between the Spirit and the Father that you get invited into when you pray. In other words, the Holy Spirit is both your translator and your transmitter to God. The Holy Spirit is both the words you pray and, in fact, the very way that you pray. And here's the good news coming out of Romans 8, 27. The Holy Spirit is always only going to pray in alignment with God's perfect will. The Spirit can't pray otherwise. Whatever the Spirit is praying for you, within you, through you, on your behalf, it is in alignment with God's perfect will. Will, this is also incredibly good news, especially for anyone here who doesn't know what God's will is for their life or this particular moment. And maybe that's how you feel. That's part of the weakness Paul talked about. I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what God has for me next. The Spirit is actually already praying in perfect alignment with God's will for your life. Or here's what's also, this one applies uh, to me a little bit more. When you are actually praying for things 
outside of God's will. The Holy Spirit will nudge and push and shove you towards God's will if need be. Even when you're praying for things that are outside of what God's will is for your life, the Spirit is working within you to help you begin to pray for God's will in your life if you will open yourself up to it. Isn't that a powerful thing that the Holy Spirit is constantly doing is aligning your life and your prayers with the will of God for your life? How amazing is that? Now, I don't know how many of you have uh, ever driven uh, a Tesla. Has anyone here ever driven or owned a Tesla? Raise your hand if you've ever driven a Tesla. Okay, so we are a small group, basically. All right, good. Uh, I'm not a car guy. I'm a Tesla guy. All right, Justin knows this. All right, I love it. Now, we don't own a Tesla, we own a Honda Pilot, which is nothing like a Tesla. I want to be very clear on that. But I have a couple friends who own Teslas, and in fact, one of my friends got a Tesla a couple years ago, and we were heading together up to uh, for a family vacation, their family and our family, up to Wisconsin. And so I said, without any hesitation, Can I drive the Tesla up there? And he's like, yeah, of course, I would love that. That'd be awesome. So I'm like, awesome. So we get in the Tesla and we're, we're flying up to Wisconsin. I mean, we're going the speed limit up to Wisconsin. We're heading up uh, to Wisconsin. And he goes, hey, you want to have some fun? And I'm like, that's why I'm here. Like, let, yes, let's do this. He goes, all right, we're going to press this button. I want you to watch what happens. And so he presses the button. And I feel like the wheel kind of, you know, shimmy a little bit within me. And the pedal kind of steps away from my foot a little bit. He goes, here's the deal. Let go. The car's totally in control right now. I said, ah, no, 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 man. No, I went to school for this, man. <laughs> 10 and 2. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm good right here. He's like, no, no, no. This is the whole point of why we're doing this. Let go, sit back, and it will drive you. And so I, I did. I kind of tentatively let go and just sat back a little bit. And it is a very weird feeling at first to have a car driving you around when you're in the driver's seat. And it was amazing because it was going the speed limit, perfectly the speed limit, kept a perfect distance between me and the car in front of me. And we're cruising along and I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. I said, what happens if I change lanes? He goes, go ahead and try it. So I put the turn signal on and it, because of all the sensors, waited until there was an opening in the lane next to me and then did a perfect lane change, turned the signal off and kept driving. I thought for sure the Holy Spirit was guiding this car <laughs> to Wisconsin. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And every now and then it would like send a little beep and you have to put your hands back on the wheel to remind you that you are in a moving vehicle and you are actually the driver, but it is there to assist you. And that is what the Holy Spirit does when you pray. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to assist you, to guard you, to lead you into God's will for your life until God's will becomes the thing that you begin to pray for regularly in your life. You can expect the Holy Spirit to do that every time you show up in prayer. Get this, the Holy Spirit is your prayer partner. How cool is that? That the Holy Spirit partners with you when you pray, even as we saw a little bit ago, when you don't know what to say. I love the way that Henry Nouwen says it so beautifully. He says, prayer is not what is done by us. It's not what's done by us, but rather what is done by the Holy Spirit in us. That's what prayer is. 
It's not something that you kind of have to come up with all on your own. It's not, you know, this rote thing that you memorized as a kid. And so you kind of kind of pray this prayer to check the box of having said your prayers for today. It's so much more than that. It's not done by you, actually. It's done by the Spirit of God, which is in you. So what does that look like for you to actually begin to pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to pray in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life? I want to look at that for just a moment, but I want to be really clear. I said this last week. Uh, it's, you know, part of my job as one of the lead pastors here is to do the best that I can to make things as spiritually practical as possible, to work on taking big, big spiritual concepts and making them applicable to our everyday lives. But as I said last week, some things aren't spiritually practical. Some things are just spiritually spiritual. They're just spiritual. You just have to experience them for yourself. And so the last thing I would want to do is we kind of come around the corner of this message and talk about how we begin to pray in the Spirit in our everyday lives. The last thing I would want to do is give you five easy steps to praying in the Spirit, right? To give you some formula that if you just applied to your life, you would magically see the Holy Spirit in your life every time you pray, right? I've heard sermons like that. They're great. They're helpful. They have their place. Read plenty of books like that. But the last thing I want to do uh, this weekend is give you five easy steps to praying in the Spirit. I'm going to just give you three. So if you have a pen, I want you to jot these down. You might want to jot these down. If you want to begin to incorporate Holy Spirit's power and presence in your life, in your everyday life, here's just a couple thoughts that you can begin to do today and this week as we're going to see you when we get to our homework at the end of this message. First thing is really, really, really simple, but I'm telling you, it's the game. If you don't get this first one right, None of this really happens in your life. You're going to be outside of this experience that God created you. First thing is this, you have to show up. You have to show up in prayer. Again, the, the Holy Spirit is going to pray for you, but the Holy Spirit's not going to pray without you. <laughs> You've got to be there. It's like the Tesla. The Tesla's not going to go to the post office for you, pick up your dry cleaning for you. That's another two years from, away from us right now. We've still got some time for that. Same is true in prayer. You have to show up. You have to be there. And there can be um, formal times of prayer that you set up and establish, and some of you really do that. It's a beautiful part of your relationship with God. You set aside time when you wake up in the morning to pray. It's a powerful practice reflected in the Bible to start your day in prayer. Some of you end your day in prayer. You just end by thanking God for the day and, you know, praying that God will lead you the next day. Some of you pray before meals. Maybe that's part of a practice that you had. Those are incredibly important and necessary, but it's also all the stuff in between. It's all the impromptu, all the unscheduled, all the real-life, real-time moments that you're invited to show up and pray, to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the ordinary and mundane moments of your life. When you're heading into work, when you're sitting at work, when you're at lunch, when you're thinking of a friend, when you're on the phone with a friend, when you're sitting across from a friend, there's just any time that you, any time can be a time for you to show up and say, hey, I'm just going to take a moment. I want to connect with the Holy Spirit right now. I believe that he's doing something the Holy Spirit's stirring right now. I want to be in alignment with what God's doing. And so you can pray, but it doesn't work if you don't show up. You can't outsource your prayer life. You have to show up. I have to show up so that I can experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So first thing we do is show up. Next thing we do is open up. These are not the same. Showing up just means you get there. Okay, God, I'm here. 
Opening up means now I am open to whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit. I'm open to however you want to lead, whatever it is that you want to do. This is what it means to be expectant in prayer. You to believe that anything and everything can happen right now in this moment. To open yourself up to the Holy Spirit in prayer. Now listen, you may show up with your list of things that you want to run down with God. And that's great. That's awesome. God says you can absolutely do that when you pray. You may show up with your list, but the Holy Spirit in that moment, if you're open, may say, hold up, hold on, before we get to that, we need to deal with this unconfessed pattern in your life. And the Holy Spirit may lead you in that moment to conviction, to confession. It's not what you showed up for, but that's what the Holy Spirit showed up for. And so you follow the Spirit's lead. You stay open. You, you may show up to ask God for something in your life. You need direction. You need provision. You need something, a relationship that's broken. And that's beautiful. In fact, God says he loves when his children come to him and ask him to do what he always already does. He's a perfect, perfect parent. You may show up with all the things that you want to ask God for, but if you're open, the Holy Spirit may lead you in that moment to start by thanking God for all the things God's already done in your life. That's not what you showed up for because you had your priorities. I need this now, God. And the Holy Spirit, if you're open, may say, oh, hold up. Let's just start by growing gratitude, by blessing God, by praising God, by thanking God for the things in your life. You may show up uh, with only you on your mind. I mean, that, right? You kind of like, God, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm here to pray. I've got this stuff in my life, and you may show up with only you on your mind. But if you're open, the Holy Spirit may lead you to someone else when you show up to pray. And all of a sudden, a name comes up in your mind like, wait, no, 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 I'm here for me. And then God keeps putting this name in your mind. Someone you know, someone you're in relationship with, someone you care about, someone you know who's hurting, someone you know who's suffering, someone you know who's struggling. Or a people group or people you've never even met. And so if you're open, you follow the Spirit's lead. Pray for them. Take that moment to pray for them. Listen, I can't tell you, as this has happened in my life, a name will pop up. So in the middle, I'm walking to work. A name will pop up. Okay, I don't, okay, I don't know why I thought of them right now in this moment, but God, I'm going to trust that came from you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for them right now. I don't, know. I don't even know what's going on in their lives. I'll pray, God, I just pray for this for Betty right now. I pray this over her life, pray this over her marriage, pray this over her kids. God, I pray this over her future. I'm just gonna kind of pray the promises of God that I know in my life that he's already moving for in her life. And then as God leads me to do a little practice that I've incorporated in my life when I do that is just to send a little text. Hey, wanted to let you know I was praying for you and this is what I prayed for. Just, just wanna let you know someone's out there. I got your back. I'm praying for you without fail without fail. When I follow through, open up, pray for others in that kind of way, I'll get a response back. You have no idea. You have no idea how much I needed that. You have no idea how, and then we'll kind of go in. I couldn't possibly explain all the content and the context of what's going on, but God used you to pray for me when I needed it most. I'm telling you, that's how the Holy Spirit works when you open up. You may show up with your agenda, but the Holy Spirit is showing up to get you in alignment with God's will for your life and for the lives of 
others. Do you believe, do you expect that the Holy Spirit can and will move in that way? Do you actually believe what Jesus promised in John 13? Now listen to this bold promise that Jesus made in John 13, verses 14 and 15. He says this, Jesus says to you, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's a big promise. And that phrase, in my name, you know that's another phrase for? God's will. God's will. Ask for anything within God's will and I'll do it. I will do it for your life. Do you actually believe that? I think so often the reason we have small prayers is because we have low expectancy. And if we're being really, really honest, and I'll be really honest, there have been times in my life where I felt like I had to cover God's bets because I was afraid he wouldn't come through or he wouldn't move like I was hoping or asking or believing that he would. And so I would pray small prayers. God, I mean, if you would, God, I don't know. I don't mean to bother you, but God, you know, if it's possible, if you could see to it, God, those kind of prayers, right? And what is that? That's just you having fear within you, which is totally human and totally understandable, that God's not going to do what God said he would do, that God's not going to move like he promised he would move, that God's not actually going to give you whatever you ask for in his name when you ask for it. Again, these are bold promises, but they were made by Jesus, so I'm going to trust him. So will you open yourself up to whatever God may lead you to when you pray? So we show up. Just say, God, I'm, I'm here in this moment. I'm checking in right now to pray. Will you open up, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say to me, whatever you want to say through me, whatever you want to do in me, I am here for whatever you've got. And the last thing is we speak up. We show up, we open up, and then we speak up. We put words to our hearts as best you can. You speak up and bring your whole heart to God and all the parts that you can't even figure out or fathom how to bring to God, don't worry, the Holy Spirit's got you covered. The Holy Spirit is your translator and your transmitter of your heart to God. We speak up. And this isn't for God's benefit. I want to be really clear. It's not like God's like, oh, really? I had no idea. He already knows your heart. This is more for your benefit so that you can actually hear what's in your heart even if it doesn't sound pretty and polished and perfect, you have to speak up, put words to what is really going on in your heart. I remember when I was um, right at the beginning of college, I was volunteering in the middle school ministry at the church that I had grown up at. Grown up there, we had left and moved away. I'd moved back into the area. And so I started volunteering in the middle school ministry that I used to be a student in when I was in middle school. Here's the crazy thing. All those years later, the same leaders that I had when I was a middle schooler were still there. And when you spend that much time around middle school students, it can mess with your brain. It can mess with, you know, and, but they were faithful, faithful, faithful folks. Well, I started volunteering and within a short amount of time, I began leading uh, this ministry. And so that's the crazy turn. These people who were my leaders, now I was their leader, these volunteers. And I remember one day after a meeting, uh, we had, I mean, a vast crowd of 15, 16 uh, students there. And so we had just met and uh, I said to one of our leaders in the ministry, who was one of my leaders when I was growing up, grew up with her son, I leaned over and I said, hey, would you just close out our time? Would you pray for us right now? You know, it's a common thing. She's a leader in the ministry. Will you close out a time in prayer? And she looked at me with stone cold eyes and said, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it took me for a second. I said, what? 
no, well, can you pray? Like, just real, can you just close out our time right now in prayer? She said, no. She made it very clear to me. And so I, you know, being the great leader that I was at 18, 19 years old, I went, yeah, no, I'll, well, I'll pray. Well, I'm going to pray right now. She's going to pray later. Let's just pray right Everyone close your eyes. <laughs> Let's just pray right now. And so I tried to recover from that moment. So that afterwards, after all the students were gone, I said to her, I said, okay, did I miss something? I'm sorry. I, maybe something's going on in your life. I missed something I didn't know. Like, but I thought it was a little, you know, interesting when I asked you to pray, you just like flatly denied uh, me the opportunity to do that. She said, well, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable praying out loud. In fact, I, I just, I don't ever do it. And I thought that's interesting because I think that's for a lot of folks. You feel maybe nervous or uncomfortable. You don't know how to do it. But here was a leader in the church who said, no, I'm, I'm not going to speak up in prayer. And while I can totally understand and appreciate that, I also thought, oh man, I wonder what you might have missed or what others might have missed that the Holy Spirit was doing, but because you didn't open up and speak up in that moment, it might have been missed. See, this is why Philippians 4, 7 says that in every situation, in everything in life, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Speak up. Say them. Name them. You're invited to open your mouth up. Now listen, there is a time and a place for silence and meditation. As a seven on the Enneagram, it is one of my greatest paths to God because I get paid to talk to you. There's a place for silence and meditation, but I would also argue there's a time and a place to speak up. And the words that the Holy Spirit is giving you need to be given voice. You need to actually speak up, even when you're by yourself. Even when you're by yourself, to just pray your prayer out loud, to not get kind of lost in your head, but just begin speaking up. Even when you're with others, if you feel a little nervous or uncomfortable, I don't know what to say, I didn't, I didn't go to school for this, I don't know how to pray, I'm not a professional prayer, speak up and trust that the Holy Spirit will give you exactly what is needed for that moment. I mentioned that we were in uh, London this last week and we were at an amazing, amazing conference which is hosted by an incredible church called HTB Church and we love this church, had the opportunity to visit with them back in the fall and I was there with Sean from our staff and we were uh, at a thing with a pastor's gathering there in London. And uh, I remember th that night, the very first night of us getting there, in the closing remarks before uh, they sent all these pastors off to their hotels and we were you know, doing this three-day training track with them. The guy was closing, was giving the announcements, kind of closing, you know, kind of like I'll do it in a little bit at the end of the service. And then he just stopped and he looked right over me. I stand right over him, he just looked over me. And he just began to prophesy over me from the book of Isaiah. Now, I, what, I mean, I was like, I thought we were wrapping up. Like I was zipping my bag up. I didn't know we were. But clearly something happened in that moment. The Holy Spirit put something in him because he showed up and was opened up. And he spoke up and prophesied over my life and said things there's no way he could have known. No way he could have known outside of the Holy Spirit's work in that moment. Well, I can't tell you what a privilege it was for me to be back in this church, in that room, in the same corner of the room this last week. And there was a speaker speaking to a different group of pastors. His name's Ken Costa. He's spoken here. We sell his book in the Resource Center. And Ken got to a moment where he said, hey, I just have a feeling there's some folks here who are resisting God, who are wrestling God, who aren't willing to fully let go and trust God with the details of their life. If that's you and you need someone 
to just pray for you right now. Raise your hands. Room full of pastors, right? These are professional Christians. Room full of pastors. And guy next to me, who I didn't realize I already had known from years and years and years ago, didn't recognize him in the moment, raises his hand. Now, this is a moment for me because he's right next to me. And I could have said, well, I'll just let one of the staff people come over here. I'm sure there's someone who's better at this than me. But I decided in that moment to show up. I opened myself up. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on in his life. I just knew that he raised his hand because he was struggling wrestling with God. And so I just began to speak up and put my hand on him. I just began to pray and pray and pray. And while I was praying, God gave me a couple visions for him. And God gave me the vision of him being on a shore and uh, not being willing to send off all of his stuff, the things he was holding on to, to let them go out off into the sea so that it could be just him alone with God on the beach. I have no idea why that image came to my mind but I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me. So I just began to speak that over him, pray that over him, pray that he'd be willing to stand there alone on the shore until God showed up in his life. Prayed and prayed and prayed. He's bawling his eyes out. I, have, I don't know the details of his life. We finished praying, you know, kind of went back to worship and he came over afterwards and hugged me and then we recognized each other and, and he just said, he began to tell me some of the details. He said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that from God. Thank you. Thank you so much for praying for me. And I just thought, this was three or four minutes. This was, and I didn't know when I showed up that that's what the Holy Spirit was showing up to do. But this is what happens when we decide to live with an expectancy that God is moving through his Holy Spirit. This is what actually happens every week in our prayer hall. If you've ever been in our prayer hall, this is what they do. They just sit in expectancy, waiting for God to move, waiting for you to show up so that they can pray over you. Whatever God gives them, they give to you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Where else do you get that in your life? What a powerful gift God has given us in biblical community through the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. So I wonder what it would look like for you this week to actually practice the presence of the Holy Spirit when you pray, to experience expectancy in your life. For those of us who are in a relationship with God, you've been given an incredible gift in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that is always already moving, who is guiding and guarding your life and nudging and pushing and sometimes shoving you into alignment with God's will. And who, when you don't know what to say, don't even feel like you have the energy or the faith to pray, prays for you takes your heart to God. How good is God that he's given us his spirit like that? So the question is, will you show up this week? Will you open up this week to whatever God may be doing through his Holy Spirit? And will you speak up? Will you put to words what is stirring in your heart? Last week we gave you the homework of praying to the Holy Spirit, of actually praying to the Holy Spirit by name. It was such a cool experience all week to kind of keep forgetting and then remembering, oh yeah, this is the homework. I gave them the homework. I should do the homework. And it's like writing with your non-dominant hand. It was such a different and refreshing way to pray. Here's the challenge for this week. If you really want to begin to experience that kind of power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life, here's what I want you to do. It's a small practice anyone can do. I want you to practice praying out loud this week. Whenever you pray, wherever you pray, pray out loud. Just say the words out loud. Even if you're all by yourself or maybe you're with someone else, will you this week pray out loud? In fact, here's a little bonus for those of you who like extra credit. 
Will you pray out loud for someone else with them this week? Here's like the double extra credit. Maybe today, if you're with your mom, pray for your mom today. Out loud. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the words. If you're in relationship with God, the Holy Spirit already lives in you and will give you all that you need in that moment, the words that you need to speak up. If you're willing to open up and show up. And I can't wait to see what happens when we gather here together next week, having just put to voice what is stirring from the Spirit and through the Spirit in our hearts and our lives. So why don't we do that right now? Why don't you stand up and we're going to close our time by praying together. I love, we come back to the wisdom well of Henry now and I love what he says this. This is what he says about prayer. And let this be an encouragement to you. He says this, he says that the only way, I love this, super practical by the way. He said the only way to pray is to pray. I mean, I, I, you know, I worked hard on this talk. I, the only way you're going to experience this is if you show up, is if you pray. And the only way to pray well is to pray much in your everyday ordinary life. So why don't we do that right now? Why don't we pray? Open up your heart and open up your hands to God. And here's the deal. I'm going to pray, but don't let me be the only one. If God puts something on your heart right now, or there's something you want to thank God for, something you want to ask God for, someone you want to pray for, I'm going to encourage you to get a head start in your homework and pray out loud right now while I'm praying. Don't wait. Practice now. In fact, God may put someone on your heart who's right next to you. Put your hand on them, on their shoulder, pray for them. If God puts that on your heart, pray for them. Let's practice the presence of the Holy Spirit as we pray together. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your power and presence. And I pray right now that we would not hold back, that we would speak up whatever you're putting on our heart, God, that we would thank you for, we would bless you for, we would ask you for, we would count on you for, God, that our prayers would be filled with expectancy, that we believe, God, that you are already here and moving. And that, Holy Spirit, you're moving in us and for us and through us. And so, God, I pray you would grow our church up as we pray. Holy Spirit, would you remind us that you'll give us all that we need when we come to the Father and all that we don't have and all that we can't say, you already know what to say and what to pray. So help us this week to show up and to open up and to speak up. And, and God, I pray for anyone right here I pray for anyone who is exploring what it means to be in a relationship with you and thought that maybe this is all about just another religious expression. Oh God, I pray by what we talked about today, they would see here that this is about a relationship with you and that Jesus, you are the one who made relationship with them possible and that Holy Spirit, you led them to be here today to hear this talk. And I pray that they would start by opening up their heart to you. I pray even today that folks would say yes to you. They'd say yes to being in a relationship with you, that they would ask to be filled with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for stale and crusty Christians who've been a Christian a long time, so long, in fact, that their prayers have grown cold and tired and stale. Would you awaken a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit in their life, God? Would you awaken, set a fire ablaze inside of them, God, that they would be reminded of their first love, which is you. And that, God, they would walk out of here with greater confidence and passion for you because you have not forgotten about them. You have not grown old or tired or cold. You are active and present and dynamically moving in their life. God, I pray you would awaken that in each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, we pray this by your power and presence. Amen.